0: To the "Going to Killing City" podcast, a historical look at murder in Kansas City. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Alex Greenwood.
1: All right, everybody, a special December episode. We are live, 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 live. In, person. in person here at Buffalo State Pizza. Hundreds of people are here just to see us, Alex. They're not here to eat the pizza. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a phenomenon.
0: I just want to lift some pizza bones if somebody will leave me some. This is fantastic. The smell alone is killing me. It's so good.
1: So A huge shout out to Philippe, the owner, uh, the person that has allowed us to squat, (laughs) for lack of a better, for the next hour. Uh, here at Buffalo State Pizza, 1815 right. Wyandotte. Right. Do him a solid. Come on out. You should. Uh, it's, he's got some of the best pizza in town. Great staff. And uh, it, it's so good to see you. A happy holidays. Merry Christmas, my brother. We haven't done one of these in person in a while. I, you know, we haven't. And it's it's really good to see you, too.
0: And, and if we couldn't be in the uh, the green room or the green chabine, I'd want to be right here at Buffalo State Pizza. Right.
1: So for people who are first joining us have never been a part of this podcast... We are people who are talking about historic murders in Kansas City. Right. They have to be weird, strange, wacky. Right. Uh, One of the caveats, we do not discuss kid murders because those are always horrible. We won't do it. Mm. Uh, But it just can't be the -the uh, run-of-the-mill drive-by shooting. And one of the cool things that we do is that we pair the episode with a killer cocktail. So last month, I told Alex, the only hint I gave him was a killer headache for this month's thing. So Alex, please tell everyone what you came up with so the hint was a killer headache
0: and i immediately and i'm a i'm kind of a tiki dude anyway and if anybody in person can see my tiki shirt and all that but i immediately thought of the painkiller now this originates from the sunny shores of the british virgin islands in the 1970s my friend the painkiller is a signature concoction of the famous soggy dollar bar
1: have you been there Oh, yes, I've
0: been there. You heard it it right. It's called the Soggy Dollar because the patrons often have to swim up to the bar, money in hand. And, yes, again, I have been there. And the painkiller, real quick, it's a delightful blend of sweet, spicy, and everything nice. So let's break it down, okay? Let's break down this drink. First, we've got the backbone of the drink, which is dark rum. You can put other rum in it, but you need the dark rum. Release the kraken, right? (laughs) It brings a robust, deep flavor that brings you... Remind you of swaying palm trees and ocean breezes and uh, your you know, your mortgage is so far out to sea at that point. So then they add a tropical twist with creamy coconut cream, which gives it a velvety texture. And then there's a tropical drink cannot be you know, without pineapple and orange juice. So we add that for that fresh citrus flavor, that richness and the rum and the coconut they all mix together and they're starting to have a really good time in the British Virgin <laughs> Islands and here's the kicker they put a generous sprinkle and uh, this was the other reason I did this a sprinkle of nutmeg on top because I thought that was very Christmasy right yes. kind of yeah. Christmassy. so it's like the final note in the symphony it's that touch that brings all the flavors together in a harmonious blend I have to tell you one little bit of trivia about this drink if I could Absolutely. do you have a second alright in 1989 see so this is the, gets into the law here Pusser's Rum filed a US trademark on the painkiller's name and recipe. And when a tiki bar named the painkiller opened in the Lower East Side of New York City in May of 2011, Puster's went after him with a cease and desist. Long story short, they, they came to an agreement, and you know what, we don't have to get anybody's permission of a painkiller here tonight at Buffalo State Pizza or any bar that you frequent in your neck of the woods. So there you go, That's a, will that help with the uh, the bad headache?
1: I hope so because this story is—it's uh, wacky, it's crazy, it's uh, nuts. Uh, once again, a shout out to my friend Severn. I did not know about this story. He lives in Cleveland, Ohio, of all places, and he said, wow. "You got to check this story out." So, mm, yeah. Uh, but we got a giveaway, and I have a feeling, yeah, a certain person might win this. But the first <laughs> giveaway before we start, we've got a twenty-dollar gift certificate. Right. We to do. To Buffalo State Pizza. Mm. Again, they donated that stuff. So uh, Alex is going to put his hand in the bag, and we'll see who the winner is, Alex. Who could it be? All you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, if you
0: can hear our voice, we are giving away prizes here throughout the show. All you have to do is put your name on a a ticket right by... Ian, raise your hand, would you? Just point right there. Right next to him. Just put your name on it. Give it to me. Put it in this here bag. We have a couple of uh, Buffalo State uh, gift cards. We have some books and we have some other little fun prizes that we're going to give away tonight. So don't be bashful. Come on up. And do that? We, we're we not dangerous. We just talk about murder. Okay. <laughs> Looks like, by the way, and by virtue of being the first fan to show up... Yep, it's Ian. Ian, you, you win. Come on Congratulations up. Congratulations to Ian. Congratulations.
1: 20 bucks. He's already coming out ahead tonight. Boom.
0: Enjoy. There and you thanks go. for listening. We appreciate That's it. That's why you
1: should listen to the podcast, people. Yeah, i got to pick up this bag. I, oops, All sorry. Right. I dropped the box. This is uh, the beauty of live taping. <laughs> There's no auto-tune for things like this tell you what all right so but congratulations Ian. Up. that's only the first of several giveaways first of several giveaways If you don't and want free stuff right there, that's on you people it's hey, on you okay there we'll you, got got you somebody go up. there that's you great. go all right are we are we ready i think we're getting ready are you ready to begin this? I'm ready. Well, we were going to mention just so oh, we yes, mentioned sure. it was Christmas,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, you gave me a lovely gift for Christmas because I, you suspected I was going to be in pain throughout yeah, the how holiday are you doing? season. Are I'm not. right? I'm not, I'm not well. <laughs> the, the, my beloved Chiefs are having some issues. Um, but you know what? I think they're going to bring it home for the holidays. That's what all I got to say. Am I right, Kelly? Thank you very much. Thank you, Kelly. We're going to bring it home because we are the Kansas City Chiefs. Your team, I don't know if I'm going to name them because, frankly, I don't want to, but they're doing quite well. Congrats I'm on feeling
1: that. I'm feeling really good about you, my team. You've right had now. to suffer for a while. Dude, I wasn't even engaged to be married the last time they sniffed a Super Bowl. It's been 26 or 27 years, so it's been a long time. Do you want to take back what you said about Dak a while back, though? You were kind of on the He'll fence. He'll still crush me. <laughs> It'll happen in the playoffs. You just wait for it. And then when it happens, you'll be like, he he called that. (laughs) It's
0: 100% true. Hey, folks, don't forget, we have prizes. Don't be bashful. We don't bite. Come on up. Um, All right. Yeah, but so for Christmas, though, all I want for Christmas is for the Chiefs to get back
1: on their game. That's all I want. I I could see that. uh, For people who don't know, I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan because my mother's from Texas, my favorite uncle. But I've lived here for a very long time. I'm always happy when the Chiefs win. Uh, especially since my wife is a huge Chiefs fan. Yeah, that's uh, right. Then, you that's know, right. happy wife, happy life. And people are a lot happier. Tonight being a case in point, you'd be a lot happier right now had they played well, better yesterday. I was going
0: to wear my Chiefs uh, ketchup and mustard tiki shirt, but I just no. couldn't do it. No, But, you know, but, no, you know no. I'll, I'll be back.
1: Shake it off. Hey, hey Shake it off. one of
0: my best friends, and I'm going to tell you this right now from work, work buddy, he lives in Philly. He's so mad about last night's game. He Good. said he is through cheering
1: for him this season. Good. That seems like a, what an Eagles fan would say. Oh, my God. Oh, snap. <laughs> All uh, right. All right. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever you Enjoy celebrate. Enjoy your painkiller, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your drink. All right, so this is it. We are going back in time to the late 1970s. Oh, my. Okay, here we go. Raymond M. West was a Kansas City man that was enjoying his retirement after years working as a delivery driver here in town. Mm. He was 72 years old in 1978 and lived close to Brush Creek in a one-story home at 4812 Campbell. Ray West liked to keep busy and was known to be friendly. One of the friends he made was a young girl who had Down syndrome. Tony Lewis liked to stand at the window of her father's home at 5723 Truce, and wave at passerbys. One of the people that she waved at was Raymond West, who befriended the girl and her family. Her father, James W. Lewis, and his wife, Leanne, were tax accountants with their own firm, and soon they were Raymond's tax accountant too. Mm. The relationship between the Lewis family and Raymond West would continue even after young Tony's life ended tragically during surgery for a congenital heart defect. Uh, She sadly died on the operating table. But the relationship, Alex, would soon take a tragic turn, including a horrible murder and then a national health scare that still haunts people to this day. But before we get to all that, we need to take a step back. Okay. Raymond West was described by his neighbors as a quiet, gentle, robust man who was highly active. In an article in the Kansas City Times on August 17, 1978, neighbors told the Times reporter that the West Homes was one of the homes in their neighborhood that was flooded by the 1977 Plaza Flood. Now, for those of us who weren't in Kansas City at the time or not born yet, I assume you weren't born yet, Alex? No, I was not born yet. You are like, what, 28 (laughs) <laughs> the 1977 Plaza Flood was a cataclysmic event. Over 16, yes, 16 inches of rain fell in a single night. Crazy. On September 12, 1977. Wow. A total of 25 people lost their lives that very, on that thing. I don't think a lot of Canadians know that. Dude, I'm.
0: You know, I haven't lived here my whole life, so I had no idea this even happened.
1: Yeah, 20 people, 25 people died. 77 of the 155 Plaza businesses were damaged that night. And it cost over $100 million worth of damage in 1977 dollars. It was huge. If you, There's YouTube clips. You can get on YouTube and look at it. Obviously, you can read the Kansas City Star articles. It's unbelievable how much damage that was done in this storm. Crazy. Among the damage that night was more than six feet of water in the home of Raymond West. Yes, six feet. According to the neighbors in that same Kansas City Times article, West's car was swept away by the flood. Wow. And the only reason he, too, was not swept away that because he grabbed a neighbor's rope and then shimmied up, which is pretty remarkable for a guy in his 70s, up 25 feet on that rope to his neighbor's second-story window to safety. Wow. He survived that perilous event, but in less than a year, he would not survive another one. Alright. How's everybody doing? How's everybody drink? Everybody good? Oh, good? Mine's good. Mine's good. Everybody oh, good? Yeah, you good. Good. good? You're good? Yeah, I'm doing great. Okay. Wes was last seen by his neighbors on July 23rd, 1978. He was reported missing by his friend, Charles Banker, on July 25th. The next day, Banker went to check on West, and upon arriving at the front door of West's homes, he found a handwritten note, not in West's handwriting, stating that West had gone to the Lake of the Ozark to visit friends. Uh Uh-huh. That note was on Lewis and Lewis' tax accountant's letterhead, as in James Lewis and his wife's. All right, Banker shared that note with the Kansas City Police Department. Okay. They did search West Holmes several days later but did not discover anything. Yes, Alex. No, no. Yeah, thank
0: you. Uh, I'm just trying to hold it all together okay. here. This
1: is a lot, but I'm 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 hanging in there. I am. Okay. So, after that, on Monday, August 14th, Banker and a friend decided they were going to search West Home on their own. And when they did, they made a gruesome discovery. I'm going to not really get into the gruesomeness of this because people are eating. People so are trying it's to eat. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. it will be in the show notes. You can read all the gory details yeah, if you show want. Show notes. Just check that Yeah, check out the show notes. It's my standard line. Okay. Uh, in the attic of that house, at right. Raymond West House, they, a body was discovered. Okay. Among the evidence also found at that home was a bloody rope, most likely used to hoist the body into the attic and then tie the body up. Kansas City police also found a fingerprint in that attic that was not West. In addition, in his bedroom, there were bloodstains on the floor. So apparently he'd been murdered, and and whoever had murdered him had hoisted him up into the attic. Wow. Um, Eventually, they had to do a lot. As you can imagine, three weeks up in an attic in Kansas City in the summer. His body was not in good shape. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, They had to actually do a hair sample to identify that it was indeed the homeowner, Raymond West. Yikes. So then a murder investigation obviously starts immediately. I would think so. As part of their homicide investigation, KCPD made a shocking discovery on the same day that West was reported missing by his friend. A man tried to cash a $5,000 check on Raymond West's account. That check was rejected by bank officials who felt that it was fraudulent. Who was that check made out to? Yeah. You asked. You, yeah. you asked that. You I was asked. getting ready. So who was it made out to? It was made out to West's tax account in James W. Lewis. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> when police questioned Lewis about the check, Lewis claimed that West had lent him the money, uh, which put up a lot of red flags. Apparently, his friends, you know, lovingly, but said he was kind of a tight wad. He did not just lend money. And five thousand dollars is a fair amount of money now, but you figure back in the mid '70s, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Obviously, the police did not uh, believe him. Lewis surrendered to the police on August 18th. Now, this is an important part, and we're going to have to get back to that shortly. On August 29th of that year, a Jackson County grand jury returned an indictment of capital murder. Okay. So I think it's important we talk about the evidence. Yes. And how does a mild-mannered tax accountant turn into a brutal quick killer? All right. We're going to talk about both of that in greater detail. Police discovered, in a search of James Lewis's Lewis's car, the following items. 20 feet of a knotted white rope, which matched the rope utilized to lift the body up into the attic, utilizing a pulley, and also was used to bound the body. In, In addition, Lewis's car also had a black attache case with papers bearing West's name and a bundle of Raymond West checks in it. Hmm. Couple this with the fake note on the door... And James Lewis's handwriting—they actually had a handwriting expert that said that yes, that's actually James Lewis's handwriting. That is not Raymond West that wrote this oh, note. Oh, okay, okay, yep. Yeah. Okay. The forge check, all of it—the evidence was pretty damning. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit more about James Lewis and how he got there. He had some very dark moments in his life. He was born in Memphis, Tennessee, in 1946. He was the child of Theodore and Opal Wilson. In 1948, Theodore left Opal. Then months later. Opal deserted young James and his two older sisters in a transient hotel close to Joplin, Missouri. Oh. All right. Joplin officials granted custody of James Lewis to Floyd and Charlotte Lewis. According to family members, James Lewis had severe emotional problems, and his adoptive mother tried to give him back to the adoption agency. Oh, yikes. I mean, that's pretty bad. When yeah. James was just 12 years old, Lewis's adopted father died, and for the next several years, he lived alone with his mother, who was so terrified of him, she literally slept with a gun under her pillow at night. Not good. No. Eventually, Charlotte Lewis remarried. When James Lewis was 19, he apparently chased his mother with an axe... And was charged with assaulting his stepfather. He had assaulted him so much, he broke several of this man's ribs. Oh, my yikes. That's really... Yeah. Wow. So, he obviously has a violent streak. Yeah, well, yeah. All right. Soon wow. after, Lewis overdosed on 36 Anacin tablets and was committed to the Missouri State Mental <laughs> Hospital with a diagnosis of catatonic schizophrenia. I'm not laughing at that. He, d- he overdosed on Anacin. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, right. He wasn't really trying to kill himself. I mean, he's going to say,
0: you know... He would have been better off just swallowing the bottle. Right. Because choking. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, okay, I'm just saying.
1: But I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that he has a history of both mental illness issues right. and also he's very violent when he is. Yes. So this makes yes. a little bit more t- sense about, it, about why he would have murdered Raymond West. Right, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Then, very next year, October 17, 1979. Yeah. And after we get through the segment, we'll do a second giveaway. Kansas City was shocked to read that the capital murder charge had been dismissed Lewis had been scheduled to go to trial that very week, but Lewis's attorneys, Albert Reederer, who used to be the Jackson County prosecutor years later, oh. and Russell Millen, in a pre-trial hearing, argued that the state's evidence was illegally gathered. Judge Jean R. Martin agreed with that argument and had the entire case dismissed. So, Alex, why was that ruling made? I don't... I- I'm in a loss here. I know this is going to shock you because yeah. apparently, Kansas City Police Department failed to read Lewis's his Miranda rights. Oh my! <laughs> Seriously, and had no proper warrants. That's crazy. All the evidence, including Lewis's interrogation, the forged checks, the search of Lewis's car—all of it was inadmissible in court. Wow. Oh all right. Gosh. Do You want to do a giveaway? We're gonna. Hey, we got one more person. So you uh, want to wait a little bit? We'll do a little bit.
0: Well, no, no, we got we got a few names there in the in the bag. All
1: right, a, All right, we're gonna do this. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. All right. We're going to do the giveaway now, this next giveaway.
1: We're going to do that. Okay. And,
0: and you know what? We've got like a really great group of folks here. Now, Ian, you're, you're out for now, buddy. We've got to let somebody else have a try. <laughs> here. But okay, we're going to do another one here. And we might, we might let you pick what you want.
1: Yeah, I could do that.
0: All right. Ian, you've already won, man. What, what's with you? How many did you put in here? I'm teasing you. You did <laughs> not put two in here. All right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Sonia, get on down. All right. Sonia wins. That's awesome. You have a choice. You can have a Buffalo State pizza gift card. You can have tickets to the Knights of Light Festival. Or you can have one of my novels. (laughs) She's like, oh, God, I have to pick his novel now. No, you don't. Sonia, do you need a doorstop? There you go! Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations! All right, I have done
1: the applause button. I forgot them. You didn't bring? Pro- that- I didn't bring that one in. Well, that's time. all right. That's all right. Okay, for those of you that are just joining us, where we left the story. Yes. James Lewis's case was completely thrown out because the Kansas City Police Department did not read him his Miranda rights and uh, did not get the proper warrants, which yeah. has sadly become a theme on this podcast over yeah. the months. Yeah, we've we've run into these things. So, how did this happen? Yeah. All right. Apparently, it was robbery detectives, not homicide detectives, that had brought Lewis in for questioning. Lewis was brought up to KCPD headquarters, which is just you know about ten blocks from here, up to the eleventh floor. This is important. He was put briefly into a holding cell and then made to turn over his shoelaces. That being, of course, they were concerned right. he might kill himself.
0: Unless they're licorice shoelaces, right? Right. You know. They could just eat people, them.
1: Well, people might fight over them. You know. <laughs> a little later, he was brought down to the second floor. And then he was introduced to the homicide detectives. The robbery detectives failed to mention that Lewis had briefly been detained on the 11th floor. Why is this important? Because the law says that once you are detained, you must be read your Miranda rights immediately. All the incriminating information revealed before the reading of the Miranda rights is inadmissible. And as we talked about, this evidence was damning. The forged check, the note on the front door with his, it was actually his handwriting on it. Uh, and also his work letterhead on it. That's, that's a crack job right there. Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, the rope and the car, all of it. They can't use any of it. So Jeez. James Lewis is a free man. Jeez Louise. All right. One of the homicide detectives on this case, David Barton. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty unhappy about all of this. Not, not surprisingly. He was certain that Lewis was guilty, but he was about to get a second crack at James Lewis. There were reports of mail fraud in Kansas City and the one thing all the victims of those crimes had uh, in common what was the one thing Alex that all those people would have in common Let me check <laughs> They were all clients of Lewis and Lewis's tax accounting firm what what are the odds And yeah, what are the odds of these things so, Lewis, the Lewis family, the husband and wife, have been stealing personal information from their clients and ordering credit cards in these individuals' names. Hmm. Lewis was tailed by Detective Barton, where he was seen driving out into the country, out into a country road, stopping at a mailbox, Ooh. taking all the stuff out of the mail, all the mail out of the mailbox, and then he took the entire mailbox out. It was not even a real mailbox, and put it in the trunk of his car and drove off. So, apparently, what he was doing was, he you know, this is 1970 still. Right. He's writing fake addresses. There's right. no internet. There's right. no ways. There's none of that. So, he just... He would make it fake. The male guy was like, "Well, oh, this looks close enough. Let's throw it in their credit cards and go." And then he would wow. leave. And in addition to that, also doing um, transferring the deeds to clients' homes. So these people that thought their own home, you know, they own it now. He actually transferred to himself through a shell company. So Barton, Detective Barton, the homicide detective, had learned from his mistakes, and and some of his colleagues' mistakes, actually, in the murder case of Raymond West, so he went to get a warrant for the arrest of James Lewis and his wife. Yeah. But both James and his wife, Leanne, had disappeared and would not be seen for years. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. This is is something else. This is very serpentine,
0: what's going on here. It's going to get a
1: lot wackier in about three seconds. I'm all about wacky. Let's go. All right, so in 1982, David Barton, Detective David Barton, sat down right. at his home to watch the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. <laughs> Courage. Kurt, I, I almost said that. <laughs> the big story was the Tylenol poisoning case in Chicago. Right, right. Someone had laced Tylenol with cyanide, causing multiple deaths. As part of that story, Rather shared security photograph from a Walgreens where one of the victims, a woman named Paula Prince, had bought a poison bottle of Tylenol. Behind her was a strange man in a lab coat with a beard. The Chicago police had identified that individual as a guy named Robert Richardson, but Barton knew him better. He said, "Quote that's him, that bastard, that's him." He shouted that at his daughter. James Lewis had grown a beard, but Barton Barton instantly recognized him. He called a contact in the Chicago FBI office and was on a plane to Chicago almost immediately. Okay, that's nuts. Yeah. So, all right, for you young people, not me and Alex. For young people. Um, The Tylenol poisoning, it shocked the nation. And before that, there were no safety
0: things, mechanisms on your Tylenol. You know, what's funny is because I'm a PR guy, and that's one of the classic examples we use in my business to talk about how to handle a crisis, the way Johnson & Johnson handled
1: it. So when you said that, it perked me right up about that. That's amazing, though. Yeah, it's terrible, too, because a total of seven people died from this poisoning, including three people from a single family. It's horrible. Yikes. All right. As you said, Tylenol is manufactured back then and still by Johnson and Johnson. That's right. They did not have a tampering system. Nobody did back then. Nobody did. Yeah. Uh, but they had to uh, recall their entire line of Tylenol, which was a huge cost. You know. You know what? They didn't dollars. actually. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent here. They don't. They didn't have to do any of that, but they did it. But they that's did. Part of the reason their response is so uh, gold standard. All right. Has it been crazy enough? Or you want to get crazier? Let's get a little Let's, crazier. Let, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> All right. So on that same year, uh, October 6, 1982, so just a few, like, 10 days after the poisonings had hit, I right. think September 30th was when it happened. Right. Uh, they got a ransom note, oh. Johnson Johnson headquarters, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Yeah, let's hear it. It was handwritten, too. Gentlemen, as you can see, it's easy to place cyanide, both potassium and sodium, into capsules sitting on store shelves. And since the cyanide is inside the gelatin, it is easy to get buyers to swallow their bitter pill. Another beauty is that the cyanide operates quickly. It takes so very little, and there will be no time to take countermeasures. Uh If you don't mind the publicity of these capsules, then do nothing. So far, I've spent less than $50, and it takes me less than 10 minutes per bottle. If you want to stop the killing, then wire $1 million to bank account number 84-49597 at Continental Illinois Bank in Chicago, Illinois. He's a sociopath. This is freaking me out. Yeah, it gets worse. Okay. Okay. By that point, the FBI had a Tylenol task force. They left an action. Now, first, this envelope that the ransom letter was mailed in, it was traced to the heir of the Miller Brewing Fortune. Apparently, we should have had Miller beers. Oh, my goodness. No, we shouldn't have. What are we talking no, about? I was going to say, really? I mean, the wait. guy's name was Frederick Miller McCahey. Only, only so much I'm going to do for this Wonder show. Father McKay he was Anyway, yeah, um, he, was, he was recently uh, closed his travel agency and had a disgruntled former employee who was really pissed off that her last paycheck had bounced. Her name was supposedly Nancy Richardson, but she, of course, was really Leanne Lewis. Of course. A nationwide warrant was then issued for the rest of James and Leanne Lewis. It's freaking me out, man. All right. So Leanne, and Leanne had stole more than just envelopes from her former employer. She also stole a bunch of blank airline tickets. And for you younger folks, including my son that's here tonight, back in 1982, you needed no ID to fly. You just got on a plane, man. Right? Yeah, just hop on. Yep. So, there was a lot of concern from the FBI that they were going to just leave the country. Like, they were going to just bolt, because they had all these vouchers. Right. All right. So, as the manhunt continued, the Chicago Tribune then received a letter from the fugitives on October 27th. He likes to write letters, Alex. Oh, well. October 27, 1982, so same month. In it, he claims that they were not the Tylenol killers. In fact, they'd never kill anybody. <laughs> it was signed, Robert Richardson. All right. Clearly, Lewis enjoyed toying with the FBI and police officials, so he wrote another letter. Right. Why not? Get the hat trick. This time to our own Kansas City star. He entitled it A Moral Dilemma, and it was seven pages long. In it, he encouraged KCPD to reopen the Raymond West case, and this time he signed it with his real name, James Lewis. All right. All right. Are you still with me? I'm with you. This is this is deep, man. Yeah. Okay. Like it, the pizza here. Yeah, the pizza's good. Once again, thanks to Philippe. Thank you, Philippe. You're it welcome. turns out the Lewises were actually in New York City, but it wasn't until December of 1982, two months later, yeah. Lewis was spotted by a librarian. Right reading newspapers. The FBI had speculated, it was part of their, you know, where they do like, who is this person, what would they do, that uh, kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. That he would be monitoring all these cases closely. So they had alerted all the libraries around the country to be on the lookout That somebody who's spending a lot of time looking at newspapers around the country. You know, it's pre-internet. Right. Uh, so she's smart. She calls in the New York Police Department. They swoop in, and he's arrested. His wife then negotiated to turn herself in and did so with the Chicago police, so she was not even there. Oh. All right. I know. Stay with me, people. We're getting there. While waiting for the Tylenol murder case to start, Lewis was tried right here in Kansas City, man, for mail fraud, and he was convicted. So they got him for that. They read well, his rights that time. Yep, they did. And then he was convicted for the Tylenol extortion case and sentenced to an additional 10 years. Now, this is a part. This case is so crazy. I could We could make this a five-parter, but we're not going to. The Chicago Tribune did a great six-part uh, mm. series on this. It's um, last year when it was the 40th anniversary or whatever it would have been. 45 year anniversary of it. Please read it if you're interested. They go into all this. This guy's such a nutball, Yeah. Uh, but he's one of those people he thinks he's a he thinks he's a genius. He he's, thinks he's smarter than everybody. Yeah. He's so much smarter than the cops and the FBI and everybody. He's so. a wily
0: coyote super genius type.
1: All right. So while he's in prison, because he's so smart, he offered to help the FBI solve the actual poisoning case. Yeah. He loved the attention and even drew a diagram on how cyanide could possibly be placed in capsules without detection. <laughs> but prosecutors never felt there was quite enough to try him. Okay. Okay, so here's the qu- Why did he do it? Yeah. Why would, he, why would he put, after going from just killing poor Raymond West, why would he take on Tylenol and kill people that he didn't even know? You got me. All right, so here's the working theory. His daughter, that Tony, that poor girl that died right. on the operating table while right. trying to fix a congenital heart defect, surgeons in that operating room utilized faulty sutures that were manufactured by, you guessed it, Johnson Johnson and & Johnson. And Johnson. In this theory, the Lewis family blamed Johnson oh, & Johnson for the death of their daughter, and this was payback. Jeez. Okay. Right. After 13 years in prison, James Lewis was released. He moved to Massachusetts to rejoin his wife, Leanne. She was never charged for anything except for using a fake social security card. I don't know why. Um, She seemed to be in on a lot of this. Yeah, she, yeah. So you'd think he'd smarten up, but he kind of did an OJ, gets out and stuff. So uh, in 2003, he is arrested for the attempted rape of a woman who lived in his same building as the Lewis's. He could not make bail, so he spent three years in jail awaiting trial. But he escapes yet again. Because the woman is so terrified of him, oh. she refuses to testify against him. Wow. So he gets released yet again. Wow. Speaking of OJ, remember when OJ wrote the book, How If I, I Did It? If I Did It, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which he detailed if he had killed his ex wife. and He should have underlined that, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. How did he do it? This is a terrible idea. You work in PR, Alex. This I is do. a terrible idea. It really is. And a he was roasted idea. for it. Well, James Lewis apparently didn't get the message that people who are believed to be murdered in people should not be publishing books about it. <laughs> in 2010, he self-published a book, Poison, The Doctor's Dilemma. The book is all about his neighbors being randomly poisoned. Seriously, I did not make this up. It's on Amazon, but please do not buy it. Yeah, um, man, don't buy this guy's book. Of course, in his bio, he talks about his great life and how smart he is and all this stuff. He didn't talk about, hey, I killed some people and I was in jail for a bunch of years. That's, he, you know, he conveniently left that out. Yeah. All right. So James West lived the last years of his life a free man. He died just this summer, July of 2023 oh, at the age of 76. So why wasn't he retried then for the murder of Raymond West? Only some of that inform- they couldn't only use some of that in the trials. Some right. other stuff later they could use. I mean, that's,
0: okay. there's there's no statute of limitations on Miranda nope. exclusions, right? We're nope. looking at, there's an attorney in the audience. He's saying
1: There you go. Hi, that's why I married her. Okay. So the most damning piece of evidence was that pulley that, that was there. in Raymond West's mm-hmm. attic that was utilized to lift West's lifeless body into that attic. Yeah. James Lewis's fingerprint was discovered on that pulley, which placed him up in that attic. He had to be up in the attic stuff. I mean, that's really damning. So the new prosecutor was thinking that you know this might be the time to actually yeah, you know, try him. So yeah, I'll try him. Alex, you're a smart man. We've been through a lot of these. What, 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 what happened to the evidence? <laughs>
0: It was put in a shoebox that got really soggy in the flood, right?
1: Yeah, we should make this a drinking game. The Kansas City Police Department lost all the evidence, yet Uh, again. I was trying to let him off the hook Including the the pulley with James Lewis's fingerprint on it. To this day, no one has been tried for the murders of Raymond West or the seven individuals who were murdered by tainted Tylenol. James Lewis died a free man, and his wife Leanne is still alive and free to this day. So the next time you try to open up a bottle of Tylenol with its tamper-proof bottle, you now know the Kansas City connection to that awful crime. And that's today's episode. Uh, my
0: brother, um, I just want to give it up for you. That was great. And, and now, by the way, I think I get the hint. A killer headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it my. was really subtle. Dude.
1: <laughs> okay, wait. How did you even figure this one out? I mean, I, did, did So did my you? friend just said, hey, you know that Tylenol killer guy was actually originally from Kansas City and that's all he said and so I was like okay and then so I started re- so I didn't know he- and I was like well it's kind of a stretch because those murders happened in Chicago, Chicago but right. now when you start digging into it he'd kill the person here right um, that's and, the Chicago way yeah no doubt and uh, it's just it's a horrible story it's, uh, it's too bad uh, you know the guy Raymond West was all alone and he's buried in Carrollton, Missouri which is not too far from here well, I mean
0: yeah and and. I don't want to be ghoulish, but Lord knows how his final moments were—just horrific, I'm sure—and and yes. nobody's paid for it. So yeah. I
1: know we, you and I, we get pretty squeamish pretty easily, and yeah. we don't talk about the stuff. Uh, if that's your cup of tea, uh, you can read the actual how he well, got the body up there. I, I don't want to ruin anybody's yeah, day, so, so I'm not going to. Is there going to be you. a link in the show notes for people? You to, can. We'll let you get as gory as you want. So uh, if that's your thing, but yeah. you know, it's the holidays, Alex. I thought I'd give people. A break. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, while we're we're wrapping up, let's do another giveaway. Yeah,
0: all right. We got this time. We've got. Sorry, we're out of uh, Buffalo State thing, but we have tickets to Nights of Lights, and I went to it the other night. It was a good time. I'm so talk you. a little bit while you're pulling the Nights of it Lights. Is. Is, okay, anybody go to the uh, Kansas City Ren Fest? Okay, that same look. Li- yeah, Ian. Okay, you been? So they they are a sponsor of my podcast, the other podcast I do, Mysterious Goings On, and uh, they gave us some tickets. But it's it's all the Ren Fest area is now lit up. Um, for Christmas, and they're doing, there's little entertainment there, and um, all the artisans are out selling things. It's nice. It's really nice. It's a nice, it's a nice thing to take your honey to. I took uh, my wife and my daughter, and my daughter's friend went the, with yeah, the Yeah, I saw. He was
1: a cute young man, Alex. How are you feeling? I think you know how I'm feeling about
0: <laughs> that. All right. Oh, and the winner is Amanda. You have won the tickets. Amanda, are you here? There Come is on. I might,
1: let me see. This may be, let me oh no, wrong Congrats. button.
0: Thank you. enjoy <laughs> all right so we we've got some books here and i'm just going to anybody who wants one can have one i i write mystery novels think about it this way. Even if you don't read them, you may have somebody you want to give a gift to for Christmas and you forgot. Or maybe it's that emergency gift, oh, you know, yeah, that yeah. when somebody shows up and gives you something. And you're like, that's why we keep really cheap bottles of Chardonnay in my house. <laughs> this is what we do. But uh, if anybody wants one, come on up, and I'll even sign it for you if you want. Ian, are you... Ian's moving over here. Our first winner of the evening. I've already signed it, buddy. Here you go. This is this is a Kirkus Review. Loves that one. It just came out in an audiobook this week. It's, uh, it's I'm proud of that one. Thank you. Um, all right. So... Uh, I wanted to also mention to the listeners, we, mm-hmm. we haven't brought it up yet. We have a brand new website. And if you're here at Buffalo State Pizza, you can just use your little QR code on your phone and go right to it. And there's subscribe. Just put your email in to subscribe. But uh, we're real proud of it. And every show, every show will have its own page, a show note for every, every yep. show. We have a calendar. This, uh, this event is on the calendar. Yep. There's bios of us. Now these folks here in person got to look at us, but there's probably never listen again, probably never listen again, but but there's people out there in radio (laughs) land who who haven't seen us and you you know, My, my my photo is pretty pretty well retouched, so I feel good about it. We should it, all,
1: so. we should do AI photos and just make ourselves look like <laughs> versions of Brad Pitt. Why not?
0: Or or you know, character? Yeah, you be that, and I'll, I'll uh, yeah. We can do
1: from seven or
0: something. I'll, yeah, yeah we'll of course. I look a lot more like Kevin Spacey, unfortunately. But <laughs> it's not, not good, brother. It's not good. It's not good. But you know, we also have a Facebook page. But if you just go to killingcitypod.com, ladies and gentlemen, go to killingcitypod.com, and there's links to our Facebook and our Instagram.
1: And um,
0: I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, um, we're still a monthly show, and we're feeling pretty good about that for now. Yeah. But we had a good year.
1: We had a really good year. It's been fun. We've had hundreds and hundreds of downloads per episode. It's Perfect. crazy. It's really taken off quickly. So. What have we
0: had, like eight? or Is this our ninth episode? This is number nine. Yeah,
1: number nine. <laughs> number nine.
0: But uh, we should, you want to to do a quick recap, just a quick, just real lightning fast? You, you, my favorite. I want to tell you my favorite okay. for the year. go ahead. And I'm going to tell you right now, the favorite episode that I want you all to check out It's another one by my amigo here. It is on the Swope family and what happened there. Ian's nodding. Anybody know the true story behind what happened to Colonel Swope and all his family? It's called, uh, uh, is it called Colonel Swope and Mr. Mr.
1: Swope, or Colonel Swope and Dr. Hyde. And Dr. Hyde,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that, that... is the only one as freaky as this one? I think, yeah. as far as twists and turns. But that's my favorite. But uh, I love your
1: La Pistolera.
0: <laughs> I love that one. I love that she's still on the lam. She's still out on the lam. She's probably eighty-two, but I would not turn my back on her. if No, I, she okay. killed a lot of people, man. She did, and uh, and she had a toddler who helped her. So <laughs> <laughs> that was freaky. But uh, yeah, so we've we've had. Nine episodes, but we're going to continue to do one monthly yep. all next year. And um, are we going to be back in January? Or? We'll
1: be back in January fifteenth. You got you got to do some research
0: and writing over the Christmas holiday here because I'm uh, I'm uh, off for a month. So. Okay, but I I got to be straight up with you. I don't have your
1: hint. <laughs> 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 He's going to be pissed off. But I I did I don't have a hint for you. Okay, I guess we're having scotch then because that's my favorite. So well, okay. I
0: figure the hint to uh, have to take a, a a few weeks off. But yeah, it's my bad. I was supposed to give him a hint. But typically that's what we do. We at the end of the show we give a hint and well actually you know what it could be that one thing i was thinking of but yep. you know what you do whatever i tell you what no no um i didn't do it right i, I almost thought
1: about buying tylenol and bringing it down for the giveaways but i thought oh, that was a man. little too dark you know i that, couldn't do it well, i just thought that was a little too much well yeah.
0: it'd go great with the
1: painkiller by the way and you yeah. know if you're you're gonna go you have a couple of those painkillers you won't mind you there know, you go it takes care of that whole cyanide uh, aftertaste you know this guy's a nut job um I'm glad he's no longer with us, but yeah. uh, he yeah. got to be out and about for way too long. Way too uh, long, and he did way too, way too many bad things, and he should have been in jail back in the late '70s for murder, and it should never. These poor people in Chicago should have never had this happen to them. So
0: I. I just appreciate you bringing this to the attention of our listeners um, because, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't know about the flood. I had no clue about the connection. I mean, I knew a lot about the Tylenol case, but I had no clue about the KC connection to yeah. it. So,
1: wow. Still unsolved, officially. Dude. All right. So, we're going to wrap up. Once again, thanks to Philippe. Everybody here at yes. Buffalo State Pizza. If you've not been here, they have fabulous pizza. People yes. are great. I want everybody to have a great holiday season. Yes. Take care of each other. Don't kill anybody. Okay? It's not that hard. I think that's about it. No, it's pretty easy not to do Yeah, that. I mean, you know, just and do- we will. We'll be back on January 15th. Yes. Uh, until then, everybody take care. Of it. It's been a lot of fun, brother. It's been forward great. to 2024. I'll tell you
0: what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the hint on our blog so people can go, go. look at it on our blog. you going to make Kill- me look at the webpage. KillingCityPod.com. <laughs> look, I just saved it. He can't be mad at me now. We're going to do it. All right, brother. All right, here hey, we go. this is a good time. I appreciate it. Thank you.